subhanallah this story changed my life and it had me totally change my perspective and my reaction in dealing with the opposite sex and love and relationships and i'm so grateful that i have this story because it has changed so many other things in my life related to this topic Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the place where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. I'm so excited to be back with you guys and to do a podcast on love. And this story, I'm not going to lie, this is one of my favorite stories. I don't know, some stories, when they're maybe they're told by the right person or they have the right information, they just stick with you. And this is a story that just honestly really did change my life. And I don't mean to sound cliche and everything, but it really, really did. And having this information and understanding kind of how the human mind works, how love can work, and how crazy things can get so quickly, um, it really opened my eyes. And I have told this story time and time again to so many groups of women that I've sat with because I do a lot of kind of like um, work with the community. And they also have said like how powerful this story was for them. So I said, listen, we're doing podcasts on love. I have to throw this one in there. I think it'll give us some insights on some of the thoughts that have been happening in our head, some of the things that have just been happening in our lives. It might make a bit more sense if we understand how things kind of can work and sometimes even work against us. So I'm really uh, excited to share this story today. It is the story of Barsisa. This is a very famous story. And um, inshallah, I'll get to that in a second. First, I just want to say welcome. If you um, haven't come across our podcast before, we do podcasts that are about mindful living for women, just to encourage, empower, inspire. And a lot of the topics that we do that are mostly the ones that are requested or something that's about inspirational or helping you get your life to the next level, sometimes organizing yourself, things like that, hacks and whatnot. We also do parenting ones because a lot of moms out there are struggling silently, alone, totally unnecessary. We have to form a little village here, a little community, and that's what we've been doing. So thank you, thank you. Keep sending all your suggestions and comments. Love it, and I use them to make future podcasts all the time. And and uh, inshallah ta'ala, we're also doing ones on homeschool. If you guys didn't hear already, I now have started creating these free um, homeschool courses um, introductory stuff it will always be um, yeah, I have tons of tons of content up there and basically what I'm doing is every week I'm putting up another piece of the puzzle so I'm giving a small overview of the six essentials of a successful homeschool and then after that I'm giving like one essential and doing a deep dive at a time and if you guys don't already know I'm a licensed educator I'm a professional teacher trainer this is what I've done for years and I said you know what I'm gonna use that for good in the Muslim community and even I do it for non-Muslims as well and a lot of homeschooling moms that just don't have access to that like professional training material so anyway it's up there I'll put a link in the description for you if you're curious and interested but yeah today we're doing a podcast on love and again this is a famous story and this this is a story that takes place that took place excuse me in the time of Bani Israel which is um, basically the the people of the book and other people of the book and this was about a man named Barsisa Barsisa was a very very religious man you know like when you live in a small town or village and you're a really good person and everybody kind of knows about you you become kind of like famous or known as that guy well he was that guy the guy that was so religious everybody totally respected him trusted him and in fact the story opens up where there's three brothers and they're going to go to war somewhere else you know back in the day before we have all this technology so they're going to be gone for a while it's going to be far but they do have a sister who's you know a younger sister maybe in her teens or 20s something like that and um they don't want to just leave her with anyone 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's the village. They might not be back for months or whatever. Or they don't know. And they, they had to leave her with someone they knew. If they closed their eyes, they could totally trust. So they went to the temple where Barcisal was and they approached him. Of course, he's doing his usual prayers and things like that. And they said, listen, Barcisa, we're going away to war and there is no one in this village we would leave our, our uh, sister with. She's beautiful and everything except for you and we just really wanted to ask you the favor if um, you know she could stay somewhere in close quarters and you could just help to watch over her as soon as Barcisa heard this the first thing he said was no way and he kind of like walked away from them and they're like come on we need you who else who else is going to take care of her and you know Barcisa again implored no 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 I don't want anything to do with that because Barcisa was the kind of guy he didn't even want any fitna he didn't even want any you know challenges in his life that could take him away from his really great connection with God you know so subhanallah he was trying to avoid as best he could but then they kind of threw the little guilt trip on him of subhanallah you know what happens if we leave her with someone else and something happens to her do you want that on your soul type of a thing and then he was like ah you know see like people who are really good they're always worried about being accountable to god or accountable to Allah so he said you know what okay fine but don't expect me to interact with her like he thinks it's like you know not permissible or i you know things like this so he said just subhanallah you know i'll take care of her but like minimal interaction they're like fine 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 of course that's all we really want thank you so much so it comes the time when they're ready to leave and go away to war and they leave the sister in like a small house and it's very very you know isolated she's the only one in the house she basically stays inside all day and this is where the story you know starts to pick up in in, in what happens and so she's in there um you know this is back in the day so people were respectable people you know kind of women stayed to themselves men stayed to themselves so Marcisa, of course course she's in this house like how does she have access to food to water things like that so obviously every day Barcisa has to come and deliver some stuff for her so that she can have food and what he would do just not to avoid her because he was such a religious guy uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give everyone who's not married a religious husband I mean uh, he would come and take the food and he would drop it to the doorstep of the sister and he would just leave right and he would just leave every day. Come drop it and leave, drop it and leave. Maybe a quick knock, pop up at the door so she knows it's there. And that was it. He was not trying. The sister would wait until she heard him leave. She would take her things, go inside. Sounded like a perfect setup. Probably could have lasted for weeks and months. Unfortunately, I told you this story has a twist. And it's a realistic twist. This is not like some fictional thing where I'm going to... This is actually kind of... the. I want you to connect with yourself. This is the same methodology of what could happen in terms of us and our thoughts. And that's the kicker for this story because you're going to start to hear how things develop. And I want you to relate them to things that you have happening in your life and maybe previous things and start to ask yourself, could something similar have been happening? So anyway, he goes and does his regular thing. And one day, Shaitan, because Shaitan waswasas us all the time, whispers to our ear all the time. And he comes to him and he says... Yeah, Barsisa, you think you're religious. MashaAllah, you're so religious. And every day you go and you drop food to this woman's house and you knock on the door and you throw it there. What is she like, an animal? She's a human being, Ya Barsisa. You should at least to give her salam. At least to say hello to her. You know, she's a human being and you can't treat her like an animal type of thing. So Barsisa is hearing this in his head. And he thinks maybe it's his own thought to himself. So he's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I don't want to be disrespectful. So next time he goes to the house, he brings the food, he knocks on the door, he says something like, Assalamu alaikum, your food is here, and he leaves. Nothing more than that, alhamdulillah, 
you know, whatever. Now, subhanAllah, in the same time, because this is how shaitan works, and I want you to pay attention, he goes to the sister from inside the house. Now, we haven't spoken about her yet. She's just, they don't give us a lot of information about her. Obviously, she was young and at that age where, you know, she could be marriageable or something. And he's, and shaitan says to her, subhanAllah, you have this man taking care of you every day. And he's dropping food, and now he gave you salam. Are you not going to say anything back to him? How disrespectful. How unfortunate that you're like this and this and this and this. He's just playing with her, playing with her. Was, 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 was. Subhanallah. So the sister says, yeah, that's true. He does take care of me. I should, you know, at least say hi to him, give him salam. So the next time uh, Brusisa comes again with the food, he drops it and knock, knock, knock. Assalamu alaikum. And now he hears a voice from behind the door. You know, like very, very sweet, beautiful woman. Now, subhanAllah, maybe like if his heart is like a normal man, it kind of like fluttered just a little bit. Oh, you know, there's a, maybe a beautiful woman behind the door. And you know, your your mind can play tricks on you when you don't actually know what's on the other side of something. So subhanAllah, he leaves and he has this voice in his head and he leaves. Now time passes, time passes. As Shaitan lets things happen and he says to him, Ya Barsisa, every day you drop this and she's all alone in the house. This is so so crazy. You should at least, at least give her salam and talk to her at least a minute or two. I mean, she's probably extremely lonely. You have her there isolated like haram, you know? And he's listening to his his thoughts, even though there's Shaitan waswasing him. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's true. Astaghfirullah. I probably should at least give her. She's probably lonely. Yeah, subhanAllah. So then he goes the next time and he knocks on the door. And, um, you know, the same thing. And at the same time, Shaitan tells the woman, maybe you should crack open the door when you hear him come. And at least, you know, give him a warm smile or something. He's doing all this hard work for you. And you haven't really even given him the time of day. So you see how Shaitan's working. Subhanallah, right? Mind you, he's a really religious guy. You know, he's obviously looking down, avoiding the girl, trying not to have contact. Because, and the, and the reason, guys, if you don't know this already, if you don't have a background in this, Islamically, we, we don't engage in conversation with the opposite sex. And that's a whole conversation. If you guys want to hear more about it, you could DM me on Instagram like you guys do. But yeah, we don't, we don't do that. I know that's super normal now. Everybody's doing this, you know, oh, DM the girl if you like her, the guy, whatever, a little chat on this. That, that's, that's totally not permissible. And I can go into a whole thing about that, but it's not. So back in the day, people did things the right way and they knew it wasn't permissible but mind you if shaitan came to barsisa when you know going like telling him to do something that he thought was haram that he's not going to do it instead he kind of like laid a little guilt trip on him made it sound kind of like not such a big deal because shaitan makes the halal haram and the haram halal that's what he does right and he kind of like shway shway little by little he got him to do a next step right so doesn't stop there so we have this guy, Barsisa, and he's going every day, knocking, smiling, hi, how are you? The day's great, okay. They're starting to get a little interaction. Now it gets to the point where Shaitan goes to the sister and says, listen, this man is coming to you every day. How are you actually gonna just knock and let him go, knock and let him go? Maybe you should take something, give him some tea, give him some food. Now, mind you, these are people who are very hospitable, usually in the traditions and stuff, and it's normal for you to, you know, take care for anybody who comes to visit. Now, obviously, this is a very different scenario, but because he, that man is literally taking care of her and, and her complete caretaker, she would obviously culturally feel a sense of obligation. And so Shaitan takes that weakness and he plays on it. And he says to her, sister, sister, come on, 
let the brother to come in two minutes, give him a cup of tea, a biscuit, something, something, something. So, you know, same thing to Barsisa. You know, he tells her, oh, you know, she's probably so lonely. If she even wanted to invite you in, you probably should say yes because it would be so rude for you not to. And every time Shaitan is going from one side, was was that, that girl, go the other side, was was the guy. Subhanallah, how he works. So eventually, it comes the day where she gets up the courage to say, Oh, Barsisa, would you like to come in and have some tea or something? And Barsisa, because he already put in his mind that it's rude if he doesn't, he kind of is so shy and it feels wrong. And it feels awkward, but he's like so afraid to hurt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do something wrong to another person because he's so religious that he accepts. So he goes into the house and he chats with her. Now, obviously, you know, day after day or week after week whenever he goes to do the drop little by little they talk for one minute two minutes but this is why we're always kind of warned about that guys because shway shway little by little he started to really like to listen to her and her voice and it wasn't so bad every once in a while to catch a glance at her beautiful smile and the way she was shy and she looked away or she giggled a little bit and it was very very appealing to him and he couldn't deny that and the same thing with her. You know, women have a natural sense to just like want to have a strong man to take care of them. I know we have this feministic stuff, but at the end of the day, um, you know, men can make a, a female's heart flutter too. And as she was so appreciative that he was such a religious guy that's kind of attractive to her and he's coming and talking, he's very sweet and respectful. She kind of like her heart felt a little inclined to him too. Totally innocent, but you know, it happens. Now, mind you, week after week after week, the two of them are there and no one is with them except the third, which is Shaitan, playing on them, both sides, back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, guys, this is a real world. <laughs> what do you think happens? They start to fall in love with one another. It's totally natural because if you're spending that much time with the other person and you're all alone, your heart is going to naturally feel inclined, even if the situation doesn't seem right. Because actually, they're not engaged. Um, they're not husband and wife. There's actually no reason for them to be hanging out together alone. Even even if she's alone, it's completely impermissible. It's better for him to bring a female to, to see her or something like that. Anyway, so they fall in love. Now, guys, there's only so long you can fall in love before shaitan keeps waswasing you until he tells her, oh, you know, probably she's lonely, this and this. And as you can imagine, little by little by little, eventually they commit zina. And if you don't know what committing zina means, if from the language perspective, it means basically that they, they lie together and um, eventually had some type of interaction together, right? And subhanAllah, obviously in that time, they didn't have like birth control and all these types of things. Oh my goodness. One day, the girl falls pregnant. Subhanallah. Now let's rewind. Just just weeks or a month or two before or three, he was a religious guy just sitting in the building, minding his own business. But now he has a serious problem on his hands. He starts to sit and he they figure out that she's pregnant. She tells him, I'm pregnant. And now his head is spinning he was left with her in his care from these three brothers and their young, you know, tough guys that went out to war. And subhanAllah, now he is put himself in a predicament and he's just imagining all the things that will happen on their return and how he will explain this to them. Because the whole reason for them keeping her with him was to keep her safe. But in fact, it almost looks like now he took advantage of her, right? SubhanAllah. So of course, shaitan takes complete 
you know, opportunity of this. And he comes to him one night when he's laying in his bed and he says, Ah, Varsisa, mashallah, mashallah, look at the trouble you've gotten yourself into now. <sighs> Unfortunately, there is no help for you except my help. Because you thought your God will help you, but look where you are. I will tell you, Barsisa, what you need to do. You need to get rid of the girl and the baby, for if not, they will surely kill you or take you to the king and have you killed. And this is a very big reality at the time. That's probably how it would have played out. So Barsisa's head is spinning. Mind you, he loves the girl now. Now he totally cares about her. But unfortunately, he's in this position where she wasn't his legal wife and that should have never happened and got to that level. And now it almost looks like he's a, a very bad person to advantage. So eventually, eventually, after many nights of Shaitan coming to him, he's convinced himself, like Shaitan has convinced him, that there is no other way. So Barsisa, subhanAllah, he goes and he kills the girl and the baby when the baby's born subhanallah he does not know what to do he's frazzled man he's a good guy but he just made a, a very bad mistake and subhanallah so shaitan says you have to hide the bodies you can't let them to find these so what he did was he took them and he hid them in the house you know the houses in that time it was like the earth and stuff like that so he hid them in the ground he buried them within the house and so that would be totally their bodies could never be found and stuff like this and he didn't want anybody to see the baby he was very nervous if anything happened and it got unearthed but he made a fictitious grave in the back like the back of the house and he put a stone there and everything and he cooked up a little story in his head that he would tell the brothers that unfortunately the girl fell ill while they were gone and she died and he had put in his mind shaitan convinced him that this story would do it it would be fine he had helped him and now you know things were set right so subhanallah time passes and eventually the three brothers come back to the village and obviously the first thing they're doing is they're looking for their sister so they knock on the door of barsisa's house they say, yeah, Barsisa, we are back. We are back from war. And we came to collect our sister, Jazakumullah Khairan, right? Barsisa opens the door with his sad face. And he says, I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, guys, you know, your sister has passed. I will show you where her grave is so you can pay her respects. And again, I do apologize. And I'm sorry if you're a lost type of thing, right? And the brothers are devastated, devastated. Because imagine the guilt they feel. This wouldn't have happened had we left and all that, that stuff, right? Subhanallah, that night, the three brothers go to bed and they lay their heads on their pillows. And subhanallah, shaitan comes in the same time, this type of way, and they have dreams. Now, the first brother wakes up and he felt very odd after his sleep. And he goes to one of the other brothers and he says, listen, 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 I want to tell you about a really weird dream I'm having. And he explains to him that in the dream, he saw a vision of his sister and something like she wasn't really buried where she was buried. Instead, she was buried in the house. And he said, I know it sounds crazy, but I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it was buried in the house. And, you know, the next brother, as he's hearing the story, goes, oh, my goodness, I had the same exact dream. And then the two brothers go, this is too weird. We have to go tell the other brother. And then they go tell the other brother. And that brother says, subhanAllah, I have the same dream. This has to be something. Now, mind you, Shaitan came in the night and had kind of uh, convinced them. Waswasam, excuse me. So subhanAllah, they say, you know what? We need to look. We just need to know because this is just too odd. And we have to be make sure that we really, really did all we could for our sister. So they go in the house 
and they unearth the bodies and there they find their sister and the baby ya allah this is a very devastating situation for them now you can imagine the rage these brothers feel not only was their sister murdered but then they were lied to about it and tricked by the one person in the village they thought would be the one they could leave their sister with subhanallah so they raged and rushed to the house of Rasisa and they bust open the door and they basically told him what a liar they were and how they were going to drag him to the king and they were going to have him tortured in front of the whole community and shamed they didn't want to just hurt him themselves they said oh no we're going to make sure everybody knows about you and what you did and subhanallah they dragged him to the king and the king threw him into prison and subhanallah he was chained there and locked up now you can imagine how this brother is feeling when you're someone in the community that is known as the most pious most religious now what happened was bad enough he killed someone bad enough he lied about it now he will be shamed and flogged or killed in front of the whole community this is a very very shameful death and uh, subhanallah so he's there in the jail and you can imagine how he's feeling and he's crying or whatever and guess who comes to his side shaitan shaitan says to him ya varsisa what a shame look at the mess you've gotten yourself into i need you to know that the only one who can help you out of this trouble is me there is no one else who has helped you so far have they and no one else can get you out and barcisa starts to he's by himself he's kind of like talking out loud like no no you know what's gonna happen and he's talking all about it and he says barcisa you don't understand i am the one i am the one who will help you and no one else or you will surely surely you know have this and this happen to you he says on one condition i will help you ya barcisa and barcisa says you know yes yes what what He says, I will only help you if you bow down to me in sujood. And Barsisa goes into sujood and he, like, to Allah, to, instead of to Allah, like he prays to shaitan. And the story goes that he ends up dying. And the last act that he had was complete submission to shaitan. Now, why is this story so powerful and so many lessons i mean i could go on for days about the lessons and usually when i have groups with people i talk about all the lessons but i do want to break down some really important points that if you didn't pick them up i want you to hear them and i want you to think about your life even if you're married even if you're not married it doesn't really matter the way shaitan comes to us in this the way he came to barcisa and the people in this story is the same way shaitan comes to us and the reason the story was ta- narrated to us is so we could pick up on these lessons and apply it to our life allahu alam okay but anyway this is something really important to consider when shaitan comes to one of us and we have an issue with another person he doesn't just come to us he knows the whole situation he plays on one side he plays on the other side and by the way we all have a qareen which is our own shaitan like you know whatever stays with us and knows our weaknesses and patterns but anyway subhanallah he comes to each and will like if you have your husband right and you're in a fight with your husband he will be like uh, as a wife you'll go to the wife look at him who does he think he is talking to you like that he should this he should that then he goes to the husband look at your wife she is so disrespectful she doesn't appreciate anything you do for this family and he will go to each side and till the other side divorces and this is the promise of shaitan so this is something for the married people but for the people who are young young and looking for love and just want to find the right guy or find the right girl he comes to each of them each of them the same way 
until he wins them over by getting them to displease Allah so much for the one of the most disgusting and vile acts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates, which is zina, which is if they were to lie with one another. SubhanAllah. So it's a very, very common strategy of shaitan and he does it all the time even if it's with work between the boss and the employee constantly going to each side even his family member you know could be mother daughter friends friends constantly constantly and now that i've pointed this out to you if you didn't already know i want you to start paying more attention to when you're upset with the other person how the anger rages inside of you and the thoughts that start coming in your head and you might think that they were only your thoughts but they're not or the same thing if you feel inclined to a guy like a guy like you know you shouldn't be looking at him you know you shouldn't be talking to him but for some reason you just start rationalizing in your head why it's not such a big deal if you just like dm him a little bit or just kind of talk to him here and there and subhanallah this is the way shaitan comes so we're getting a lesson first of how shaitan comes the second lesson we're getting is that no one no one falls outside of this risk we have a man like Barsisa who is one of the most religious people of his area of his time it could be something like the same as if it was an imam or a president i'm just trying to think of somebody who's huge it doesn't matter shaitan comes to the poor to the rich to the religious to the unreligious the same way this is why the rules that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us are the rules that they are because it doesn't matter how religious you are even the religious people can go from one extreme to the other we see barsisa was an amazing guy and everything that happened to him it was totally normal, guys. That could happen to any one of us where, where slowly, slowly, slowly he felt he was obligated. He felt he was this, he was that. So what happened is that shaitan comes to us slowly. That's the third lesson. So one is it can happen to, it can happen, he comes this way where he talks to one side and the other. The second one is it can happen to anyone, even the most religious person. Just because you're religious doesn't mean anything. He can come in this way and find the little space in your heart that has a weakness and he can play on it because he knows how to get to you. And then, you know, the other thing is that at the end of the day, he is going to, to do this until, until, he, do, until he's, he, do, he can get what he wants. And he's going to be pretty persistent at it. And he knows how to do it. So at the end of the day, when we look at the situations that we're experiencing in our life, when we look at the fitna, we look at the temptation, and we look at like what we're trying to do with ourselves, if it's to find a spouse, you know, in this way, I want to tell you that I've mentioned it before in one of the other podcasts, but I just want to say it one more time here. A bad beginning will end up with a bad ending. You don't want to start relationships that are haram because they usually are not full of barakah and then even if you're married, your marriage doesn't necessarily work out right. We need to become vigilant like our own doctors and diagnose ourselves. All I want you to end with this story today is one, to understand how shaitan works, that no one's, you know, can, can avoid this, this happens to everyone and all that. But I do want you to also understand that we need to be continuously mindful, mindful of our thoughts and how those thoughts turn into actions and sometimes we think we've had these thoughts from our own idea and i need us to know it's not always the case and we need to be careful and to watch out and to know when shaitan's playing with us and trying to actually destroy us so i know that story is a little bit long today but i really want to tell you this is a story like i said i heard maybe 15 years ago or more and it really really taught me how he works and i promise you even when i see my marriage or i see things happen with my children i see anybody start to fight between each other i can almost see the waswasing that happens on each side and how each side convinces themselves that they're right and the other person owes them something or they shouldn't deal with them or they should love them because of this or hate them because of that and it is amazing but once you can identify the pattern of shaitan and once you can identify how he works 
that is the key to stopping it. That is the key to grabbing control of yourself and getting away from that guy that you know you shouldn't be talking to. You're like, you know what? That's probably shaitan. And instead, I'm going to respond, A'udhu min ash-shaytani rajim Allah, protect me from these horrible feelings. And I told you, then you can call out to Allah, like in the story of Yusuf, yeah, Yusuf alayhi salam. And, um, no, sorry, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph. And you can basically ask for help. Ya Allah, help me with this because I feel this way and that way right now. And Allah is the best of helpers. So I just thought I'd share that story with you today. It was a really um, touching story for me that kind of changed my life and my perspective and how I deal with fitna and how I deal with challenges of any kind, whether it's with love or, or fighting with someone else or anything. It really, really helped me to get a grip on myself and a grip on my emotions and the things that I was feeling and thinking. And I just wanted to share that. If you guys have any ideas or comments or questions about that, please give me some feedback in Instagram always look forward to hearing it please share this story with a sister or a brother that you know could actually no just a sister if you're a sister sorry <laughs> that could really enjoy it and um, learn from it and I'll talk to you in the next one